We want the Lord to break every chain. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your Lordship. Thank you for your goodness, your mercy, and grace. And we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Thank you for what our ears have heard, our hearts have felt. For the ministry of dance, ministry of music, right hand of fellowship. Thank you for all the inductees. And God, may you keep them involved. Bless their homes. Bless your word. Thank you for our visitors. We ask that you would move by your spirit in their lives. Convict, convince, if need be converted. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Come on. Hallelujah. Praise Him. Praise Him. Break every chain. We want the Lord not just to save us, but to break these chains so we can live for Him. Hallelujah. Praise his holy and everlasting name. You know, one of the things that keeps me going, I, I reflect on all the energy I gave to Satan. And I mean, I gave him some energy. In fact, here's the insult. I gave Satan the best years of my life. You hear what I'm saying? Now that I'm saved, I got to give everything to Jesus. Can I get a witness? I mean everything. Every moment, every day, I, 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 I just want him to be glorified. I don't want to give him a piece of me or a part of me. I want to give him, as Tony Evans said, full surrender. Can I get a witness? full surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. This morning we're, we're in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12, we'll go back, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 3. Hebrews 12, and verse 3. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. When the finish line keeps moving, when the finish line keeps moving. I'm thinking with this title of not only a race, but a rigorous situation where we find ourselves running, working, fighting. 
And there are times that when a fighter is getting beat up, he wants to hear the bell. Or he may even want somebody in his corner to throw the towel in. When a runner is running, they know when the race is over. People can shortchange themselves when they quit before meeting their quota or qualifications to finish what they started. Too many of us want to throw the towel in when it's getting rough. We want to abandon when it's getting tough. We feel like ending whatever we're involved in when things are contrary to comfort. And it's in this context that we pull out before we are truly prepared. We procrastinate before we truly progress. And we even propose victory, my Lord, when our vision seems to be headed towards failure. And typically when we fall short of our goals, we have run out of something. Something has fallen short within us. I don't know too many people that have a stick-to-itiveness to hang in there regardless of the circumstances. When you can't see or feel the victory. But you've got a made-up mind that you're going to continue to the end. When your blessings are not visible to you. When you really don't know what you're going to do in the near future. But there is a quiet quota within you that keeps you moving. Here in Hebrews chapter 12, these Hebraic Christians, and I say Hebraic Christians because the book of Hebrews was written to the Hebrew people who had left Judaism and took on Christ. They left all of the Jewish ways and upbringings, all of the days that they observed, all of the history that they had learned to follow Jesus. Quite naturally, they were abandoned by their families. They were ostracized 
by their communities, they were not allowed any longer in the, in the, uh, in the synagogue or the temple. They had been abandoned by their own people because they chose a new way. And don't expect everybody to clap when you make a decision for Jesus. Don't, don't, don't expect people to applaud and amen to give you attention that they would give the unsaved. That these Hebraic Christians were falling short because they were feigning in their fight. And the writer to the Hebrews is saying to them, amen, that as you proceed in this new lifestyle, as you get involved in this agonizing race, which is a metaphor of the Christian life, you're going to have to overcome obstacles. Yeah, you're going to have to mm, persevere through some stiff problems. You, you're going to have to, amen, continue in the face of conflict. This is, amen, a basic training for all believers. You got to toughen it up. You got to suck it up. Do I have a witness? That what God is doing in you and for you is he's leading you in the way he would have you to go. Amen. And he's not going to give you a thorough explanation of everything transpiring in your life. He's not going to tell you about every storm. He's not going to define every trial and tribulation. He's not going to disclose every obstacle, but he wants us to trust him that he that hath begun a good work in us will keep on doing it to the day of Jesus Christ. That is, when we look at this text, we, we see three things here that I want to capture as quickly as possible. We see a character of continuance in the midst of our conflict. What do you mean by character? Go back to chapter 10 real quick. Amen. And as we look at this character in verse 32, are you with me? In fact, let's just move up. Amen. For we know, verse 30, for we know him that hath said, vengeance belongeth unto me, I will recompense, saith the Lord. And again, the Lord shall judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall in the hands of the living God, but call to remembrance the former days in which after ye were illuminated. Now, the word illuminated is synonymous with the word enlightenment. What is enlightenment, preacher? Well, enlightenment is an energy that God gives us Enlightenment is cutting the light bulb on so we can see. Amen. Enlightenment is to change our hearts and change our minds and change, amen, what we think about what God has already said. Amen. 
And, and the thing about enlightenment is after you've been enlightened, you can't stay the same way. I'm preaching already, Doc. You can't. Too many people say, oh, I've been enlightened. You ain't made. You're just as dark as the day is long. Can I get a one? When I've been enlightened, I don't even have a will of my own. When I've been enlightened by God, something strange begins to happen. This, this character of enlightenment, look what he says in verse 32, that after you are illuminated, you are able to endure a great fight of affliction. Now, 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 I'm taking this, amen, and I want to be exegetically correct in this, that what God is saying about this enlightenment is that it is an internal power, Lord have mercy, to see things his way. For by grace he saved through faith, that's, amen. And that faith is not yours, it's a gift of God, lest any man should boast that we did nothing, can do nothing to be enlightened. You're not enlightened because you go to college. You're not enlightened because you graduate from graduate school. That, you, 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 you can only be enlightened by God. Do I have a witness? That, that even natural, in the natural realm, geese, who are flying south, fly in the V formation. They are enlightened by God. And we can say, well, that's his instinction or instinctiveness. That instinctiveness is a form of natural enlightenment. They are enlightened to fly in a V formation. Listen to this. And typically, it's mates flying. So if one geese gets sick and falls out of formation... The mate of that geese voluntarily goes down to the ground to die with their mate. I was saying this morning, I can see me in formation flying, get sick and go down. Sister Gordon said, see you later, alligator. <laughs> Interesting. Nobody has a meeting about who's going to lead. Nobody has a meeting about whose feelings are hurt because they are in the back of the V. They have been enlightened, Lord have mercy, to fly in formation. And the objective is we got to get to warm weather because winter is coming. It, it, is, it is a stick-to-itiveness to go all the way with what is in us. I'm sorry you fell out of formation. Amen. We'll be praying for you, but we got to continue to fly. And today's generation has no sense of continuance. They're weak, but they're wiser. They got more intelligence, but they're weak. Real deep. I remember growing up in the, in the 60s and little girls say, quits. 
and we just laugh and keep going, knowing we're going to get somebody else. Today, a little girl say, quits, and a guy want to kill her, kill everybody in the school, and then shoot herself. What kind of mess is that? Over a girlfriend? You know what's missing? Foundation of love. Because parents are so busy trying to make a living. I'm preaching now. Because we leave these kids home with these video games. And we let them raise themselves. So when, so when trouble comes, they really don't know what to do. And you won't make them come to church so they can hear the word. The fact, the fact, the fact, the fact of the matter is, not only are geese enlightened, Solomon are enlightened. The fish that fly, that, that when he spawns, fly, uh, swims salmon, swims against the tide. Conflict in order to lay the eggs. And by the way, did you know that when they lay the eggs, they die? That's the whole purpose in life. What if God said to us, like Simon, in order for you to fulfill your purpose, you got to go through the conflict of an oncoming water, and when you finally get there, do what you got to do and die. My God. When I think of this enlightenment, I think of a dependence, then a departure, then a disclosure. The prodigal son came to his senses. He was enlightened. He started talking to himself. I'm going back home. He repented of his riotous living. Isn't that right? Just think about Moses. Moses went to the summit of Sinai. Now Moses was wanted for murder by the Egyptians. And he was in the back of a desert, Sinai, raising sheep. One night he saw a sight, and the Bible says the sight was very strange to him. He saw a bush burning but not being consumed. The very sight of that bush was indicative of Israel. My people can go into fire, but they will never be totally snuffed out. And child, and child of God, Moses said, I need to get closer to see what's going on. And when Moses approached the bush and it was burning, he heard a voice. He said, Moses, Moses. And he said, take off your shoes. You're standing on holy ground. Well, Sinai wasn't holy. God was holy. And God was on Sinai. Can I get a witness? And then, and then, and then, and then, and then listen what God told Moses after he in, was enlightening him. He said, I've heard the cry of my people. I've seen their affliction and I have come down to deliver them. I guess Moses said, I'm just saying, oh God, this is great. And Moses, I'm sending you. <laughs> Moses said, I can't do this. He said, what's that in your hand? A rod, that's what you're taking. That is, when God enlightens us, Ephesians 1.18 says, that 
he, the eyes of your understanding, notice the language here because with word pictures, you can build, you, you can paint a picture. The eyes of your, you understand I have no eyes, but metaphorically, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling, the riches of his glory, the inheritance of his saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power according to the working of his mighty power. When he enlightens us, he gives us this character, amen, to believe his word, to continue even in conflict. And listen to this, we are enlightened. Now, now this is where we, we begin to get a little mystical here. God has, when God enlightens us, he gives us a peace and a power to carry out what he wants done. And can't nobody tap into that enlightenment. You can't tell me what God told me. You, you, you can't tell me that, amen, the way I'm doing, what I'm doing, where I'm doing it, that, you, you, and, and, and when God called me, he called me with all my imperfections. He called me with all my mess. He called me with all my sin. He called me with all my shortcomings. And yet, he has enlightened me to see the light. When he enlightens you, you start to come out of, you don't want to go back into, amen, and sin is not as attractive to you as it was before. Uh-oh, I'm building a case up in here. People say, I've been enlightened, but you're still chasing sin. You still love sin. You still want sin. That ain't enlightenment. Enlightenment means the light bulb. I see the light. I see the light. The light of what? His will. In, in, this, in this 10th chapter is critical because the writer to the Hebrews is building his argument all the way back here about a faith walk. A faith walk. I have no desires to go back in the clubs, the bars, the fornication, the run the streets. You're not getting this. I don't even have a desire. Well, where, what happened to desire? I don't know. The Lord, when he enlightens you, he changes your taste buds. Can I get a witness? Somebody said things I used to do. Now, now y'all can't say amen. Maybe you ain't saved. Things I used to do. I really don't want to do anymore. And even if I get weak, and you will get weak, and slip up every now and then, you can't stay there. Because the enlightenment, once you see the light, you can't go back into darkness. He has translated us from the power of darkness 
and placed us into his marvelous light. Mm. He gives us this enlightenment, this enlightenment. I, this, this, this enlightenment. I, I don't see things the same way. I look at rich people who are billionaires. I don't see them with an envious eye. I see them in hell burning if they don't get saved. Are y'all, are y'all, are y'all? I do, I do wish every once in a while somebody would call me up. <laughs> Lay something on me, but, but to a child of God. I told you, if you go out and play the lottery and, and hit it for billions or millions, whatever it is, do not bring that money back in this church. No. Make an appointment, come to my study. And I'm going to give you scripture. When you come in your kingdom, remember me. <laughs> look, look, look at this. Look, leave that alone. Leave that. He gives us this enlightenment. And then secondly, we have a confidence to continue in conflict because then he gives us enablement. Now watch how this works. Look, look at verse 35, chapter 10. Cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward, for you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Yet a little while... And he, notice the personal pronoun, he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. And if any man draw back, my, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. And, and, it, and it's interesting because what the writer is now building up to is a crescendo of that enlightenment automatically leads to enablement. It's, it's this enablement that equips us to be like the bunny rabbit, to keep on licking even after a ticking. Taking a licking, we keep on ticking. Amen. We don't quit. We don't stop. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Look at this enablement. Chapter 11 real quick. Now, <laughs> he's getting on the faith subject and he begins with a definition. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things, what? It's a substance that cannot be evidenced with the natural eye. It's something that we are believing without proof. Lord have mercy. I'm believing that God is going to come through. How do you know that? I don't know. I don't have no proof. All I have is my faith. Can I get a witness? Faith is invisible. You can't see faith, but we see the results of faith. Can I get a witness? Uh, faith is when you don't have no food in the cupboard, but you praising God, amen, for meeting your every need. Faith is when your body is wrapped in pain and you're thanking him for the healing when you're still hurting. See, you can't stop hurting and then praising for the healing. You got to praising for the healing while you're still hurting. 
I'm preaching up in this place. You, you got to thank him in advance for what he's going to do without seeing it, without understanding it, without smelling it, without touching it. Lord, I just believe you. Well, how are you going to do this? I, I, only God knows how I'm going to do it, but I believe that I'm going to do it. There, 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 there is something in you that keeps pushing you towards the mark. Mm. Look what he says. We understand that the worlds were made, were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things that do appear. We call this ex nihilo. In theology, God spoke into existence something out of nothing. Without using any materials, he said, let there be with the word of God. Faith is the ability to call something into existence without any existing materials. Oh. That is, that, is, that is, child of God, when we get past the definition, the definition, then he's dealing with three critical criteria in this chapter from verses 4 to 40 are the elders or the elders and the women who lived this way. They had a confidence of God's will. They obeyed. They had a confidence in God's work. They offered. They had a confidence in God's witness. They operated. That when we begin to look at this matter of this confidence, he says, now faith. The Lord gives us the commitment, listen, to, amen, uh, continue through our conflict. He gives us this enablement. He enables us. He gives us the strength. He gives us the power. He gives us a perseverance. He gives us Amen. Something that we cannot produce ourselves. God gives it to us. Listen, let me, let, me, let, me, let me say something to you. In 1968, when I went in the military, and the draft was on, Vietnam was hot, and 68 was the hottest year in Vietnam. They, they, they even got to the point in basic training of telling the soldiers, oh, y'all ain't coming back, you're going to die. It was that hot. And I had graduated from South Philadelphia High. Immediately, three months later, I was in the military. I got my 1A status before I graduated. And uh, I was 17 years old, man. I was in the military, and I'm sitting up here in basic training and eh, getting cussed at, hollered at, you're going to die and all this. You know. What I didn't understand was that all that, all, listen, all of the discipline that I grew up with in my home had prepared me to deal with this man. Are y'all getting this? So when the man started hollering and cussing, I said, that's the best he can do, hey? Yes. <laughs> and I watched other people, obviously they were spoiled, they were fainting. We had two guys die on the track we had to get up 5 o'clock in the morning, run, one, two miles, eat greasy breakfasts, go all day. And I, I'm, I'm telling you, it was, it, it, it was something to see because I had grew up in a home. Lord have mercy. 
that had not only relationship but rules. Are y'all with me? We didn't have cable or satellite. We had three channels, three, six, and ten, with a hanger as a <laughs> antenna. Are you praying with me? And we all watch the same thing. Saturday night, Lawrence Walk, the bubbles all over the place. Saturday morning, leave it, I mean, uh, Sky King, Bat Matheson. I'm going back now. Half gun will travel. Gun smoke Saturday night. Sunday was Ed Sullivan. Y'all was there with me. Can I get a witness? But every once in a while, while watching TV, while watching my favorite show, they would come across the screen, take the picture off, this crazy nerd. We're sorry to interrupt your program. But for the next 60 seconds, we are performing a test of the national broadcast, da 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 da, da. And we sit there and just watch. And after 60 seconds, they say, we will now return you to your program. How many of y'all remember that? And the program will pick right up where it left off. Wouldn't it, Bruce? Well, that's the way God breaks into our lives. He comes in, he says, I'm sorry to interrupt your program. But for the next 60 seconds, for the next two months, for the next 30 days, I'm running a test to see if you won't stand in the midst of confusion. I'm running a test to see if you got a stick to to my Holy Spirit. Can I get a witness? And God is faithful. Yes, I wear alligator shoes. I didn't in the 60s. We got one pair of shoes at the beginning of school and one pair of sneakers. You wear them out if you want them. Y'all ain't, ain't, see, 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 y'all ain't grow up like this. I, I got sh holes in my shoes. Here I am in high school trying to impress the little girls. South Philly High with holes in my shoes. I got cardboard in my shoes. Because I wore my shoes out. So going up the steps at Southern, you know how you walk up the steps like this? I was going up the steps like this. Because I ain't want nobody to see the holes in my shoes. But my parents wouldn't go and buy another pair of shoes because I had holes in my shoes. I'm preaching to somebody. We had rules. No, no opening that refrigerator after 6 o'clock. I don't like what's for dinner. Well, you ain't hungry. Can I get a witness? We, we had, we had, we had rules. We're no option on church. You going to church. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I'm going to tell you where you're going to serve. Yes, you're going to sing this year. You're going to usher next year. Yes, Can I get a witness? Yes. Child of God, child of God, child of God. Hey, rules. I was being babysitted by one of my mother's friends at seven years old. And I remember the story clearly. She went to a Catholic school, St. Marie Goretti, and they, they just, she brought three of her girlfriends home. And the mother, she said, Mom, I want you to meet my friends. She said, nice meeting you. What's for dinner, Mom? She said, sit down. 
And I'm sitting there. I'll never forget this as long as I live. And she fixed plates for all her daughter's girlfriends. And the daughter said, where's my poor chap? She said, your friends got him. <laughs> See, in them days, I'm preaching up in this place. They made children respect rules. So now that I'm older, I understand where I came from. I can relate when God doesn't give me everything I want. I can make it through tough times. I can obey the word of God because I had earthly parents that didn't change or spin because I was poking my lips out. Can I get a witness? How many of y'all was raised that way? A child is seen and not heard. We ain't never had no family discussions on vacations. You know why? Because we only went to Atlantic City, Wildwood, and Fairmount Park. <laughs> Y'all so messed up. Well, we're going to Bermuda this year. We're going to Jamaica next year. And then you got to know not even to tithe. To the law. Let that plane get funny in there. You start tithing. Let that, let that plane start shaking. You be oh Lord. Listen. And we wore hand-me-downs. My mother had six kids. Somebody said, you know, didn't your brother have a sweater like that? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. See, what, what, what are you trying to say? The hard times taught me how to appreciate the good times. Can I get a witness? The hard times taught me how to praise Him in trying times. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy will come in the morning. And see, God is about us. Not only being enlightened and being enabled, but establishing an endurance. Run the race to the end. Don't be a quitter. I know life is tough. Look what he says in chapter 12, verse 1, as we get ready to close. Wherefore? Huh. Seeing we also are compassed about with such a great of cloud. Nephe in the Greek. Now, this gives the picture of an amphitheater. That as we are serving God, running for God, there are millions watching us. They're not fat fans with beer who can't play ball. They're witnesses who's already done what God is asking you to do. They've already finished the race. People say, well, people in heaven don't know what we're doing on earth. Well, don't be so quick to say that. Jesus said, over one soul, angels are shouting in heaven. Now, how would they know when to shout if they don't know what's going on? Lord, have mercy. So your mother, grandmother, grandfather, those that are saved, gone over the Lord, they're in heaven rooting you on. 
They there saying, go, finish the race. Not finish your dream, not finish your vision, not finish making money. Finish the race. The agony, agon is the Greek word. The agony, listen to this, he deals with this cloud of witnesses. Then he moves to the clutter. Lay aside every encumbrance, every weight. Anything that's going to hinder you from running. Doesn't have to be sin either. Could be your career. Could be making money. Could be your relationships. Anything that's causing you to put something in the way of Jesus. He deals with the cloud. He deals with the clutter. He deals with the conflict. Let us run with perseverance. The agony, agon, race. That is, and here's the most important thing I'm going to say this morning, that has been set, set, set before you. Listen to this. The cross of Jesus Christ was set before him by God the Father. Mm. What the writer is saying is Jesus has sovereignly set before you an agonizing race that deals with problems, obstacles, pitfalls. He has sovereignly set something before you. What he set before you, he hasn't set before me. What he set before me, he hasn't set before you. Look what he says. Raymond Gordon, I've set certain things before you. And you're going to need faith to run it. I've set certain things before you and you're going to need, amen, enlightenment, enablement, and endurance to get past this stuff. Some of it's going to hurt. Some of it's going to be a letdown. Some of it is going to make you sad. But look what he says. He deals with the cloud, the glitter, the glitter, the clutter, the conflict, the circumstances set before you, and then he moves to the Christ. <laughs> Looking unto Jesus. When you're running this race and you don't know how you're going to continue, you don't know how you're going to make it, you don't know how you're going to get victory, look to Jesus. Don't look to pastor. Don't look to your friends. Don't look to your mother and father. Look to Jesus. You know why? Because he faithfully ran this race. Can I get a witness? He, and he calls him the author and the finisher of the faith who for the joy that was set before him. I, I, I don't have time. We got to close, but what was the joy? Well, I'm going to tell you what the joy was. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God, and the word was God. He's the wasness of was, and all things was, and he was before all things was. Amen. And God the Father, God the Son, in the prologue of St. John, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit was in the midst of nothingness, suspended in, amen, some kind of spatial realm, and they were beheld holding each other, and, 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 and they had all the glory of the 
universe needing nothing. Can I get a witness? Before there was a sun, a moon, a star, before there were angels, before there were demons, God was beholding each other and God the Father said, I got a plan and God the Son said, I got the payment and God the Holy Spirit said, and I got the witness. Can I get a witness? And both of them said, son, we're going to set before you redemption. And it's going to be joyous when it's complete. But you got to go through something. You got to get up on that cross. Can I get a witness? They're going to stretch you high and lay you out. They're going to nail you. They're going to spit on you. They're going to mock you. And Jesus said, I take the position. Do I have a witness? That's why he told his mother at the wedding, woman, what do you want me to do? My hour has not yet come. His hour was the cross of Calvary. Can I get a witness? And when they made him carry his own cross, and listen, you got to carry a cross. Can I get, I'm sick of Christians with all that. You got to carry a cross. No cross, no crown. You got to carry something. Your cross might be your family. Your, your cross might be your health. Your, your cross might be your mindset. You got to carry a cross. Can I get a witness? Well, how am I going to make it? Look in to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy was set before him. Can I get a witness? When he was on a cross, he kept saying, this is for Raymond Garden. This is for Raymond Garden. See, he's my personal savior. Can I get away? He died for my sins. Didn't he die? He died to the sun. Stop shining. He died to the earth. Start reeling and rocking. He died. To a Roman centurion said, surely this was the son of God. But I, I, He got up, did he get up? He got up with all power in his hands. Now wait a minute, why'd you bring that up? Because every good Friday results in Easter morning. He died on Good Friday. You got some good Fridays coming up where you got to go through something. But don't look at the Friday. Look at the Sunday morning. Whatever God begins, he finishes. Whatever he starts, he's going to end it. Satan can work it in, but God will. He will. I said he will. He will. He will. He will. Work it out. Can I get a witness? And when I come forth, I'll be like pure gold. Can I get a witness? He's an all right God. Can I get a witness? He's better than better. He's greater than greater. Any worthy to be praised. Jesus is my joy. Jesus is my hope. 
Jesus is my way maker. Say yeah. Say yeah. Looking. I said I'm looking. I'm looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Finish what you started. Don't fall by the wayside because things are getting tough because you haven't heard anything. You got to believe beyond what you see. You got to call things that be not as though it already was. You got to put your weight on it. Can I get a witness? You got to be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When the oven got seven times hotter, some of us would have ducked out of there. But they said, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we're not careful to answer you in this matter. But our God, he's able. Can I get a witness? I can hear saying that. I can hear saying our God is able. But what I can't hear saying is, and even if God will not deliver, we still will not bow. Can I get a witness? I dare you to go the other end of the mile. If God never gives what I'm praying for, I'm still going to serve him. If God never brings what I hope for, I'm still going to exalt him. Can I get a witness? I dare you to go to that degree. And then Nebuchadnezzar said, throw him in. They threw him in the oven. And he said, wait a minute. Did not we throw three in? But behold, I see a fourth one. And it looks like the Son of God. You know Jesus is on your job. You know Jesus is in your home. You know Jesus is in your heart. He's able. Isn't he able to do far exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think? Can I get a witness? You got to go all the way. You got to continue. And you got to continue. You got to continue. You got to continue. You can't drop out now. I've come too far. Can I get a witness? I, I ain't no ways tired. Can I get a witness? I've come too far from where I started from. Nobody told me the road would be easy. But I don't believe. I don't believe. I don't believe. I don't believe. He brought me this far to leave me. Just stay on our feet. As every head is bowed, every eyes closed. If you're here today and you need to be saved, Jesus wants to save you. He died for your sins and burying rose again. Just be honest with God. If you want to give your life to Christ, raise your hand. Visitors, I see your hands. Put your hands in there. You want Jesus in your life. Come on up here. Come on up. Come on. Come on. Praise him. Come on. Come on. Come on up. Come on. Come on. Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. Come on, brother. Love him. Praise Jesus. Right here, right here. Is there another? Step out. 
We want you to give your life to Christ. Look at Jesus. The power of the Holy Spirit is here. Satan's been put on hold. Satan's been put on hold. There's power in the name of Jesus. Is there another? You want to give your life to Christ. Come on, just step out. You want to join the church? Step out. Is there another? Jesus is Lord. Satan has some power. But Jesus has all power. Is there another? Come on, baby. Come on. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Is there another? Is there another? Bless the Lord. When we dismiss discipleship, people come down front. Uh, the visitors and those going to class, we're going to, amen, feed you. We love you. Wednesday, Dr. R.A. Williams, powerful preacher, will be here 7 o'clock. Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, come dress down. Just come to get the word. Get, get the word out to your family and friends. And then next Sunday is Dr. A. Lewis Patterson. Amen. Listen, we're closing. Go ahead, Ken. I ain't no ways tired. I've come too far from where I started from. Nobody told me the road would be easy. But I don't believe he brought me this far to lead me. Don't feel no Come on, come on. Come too far. I've come too far from where I started. Nobody. Nobody told me. I don't believe. Now, as we close, listen. All veterans, I'm a veteran of seven years. Raise your hands. All veterans that serve in the military, happy Veterans Day. We love you. We love you. We love you. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for these souls. Give us enlightenment, enablement, and endurance to keep on keeping on. When Satan suggests that we stop, help us to rebuke him and know that we must go all the way with Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Bless the food that has been prepared for the nourishment of our bodies. Bless every home. Bless our revival coming up in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Can you put the ministers up here, please? Thank you, thank you, thank you. All the young people, thank you. All the chosen, thank you. God bless you. We love you.
Love you guys. 